0: Blog Talk Radio. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away.
1: Take it away.
2: Yes, we did. We took it right into 2019. Imagine
1: Imagine that, like Like magic. magic. (laughs)
2: <laughs> we certainly do have that ability we are entrenched in that i am so glad actually even with the limited conversation we had just before the show i have to say that i am happier being in 2019 at this moment than i am at 2018 yeah. even with, you know whatever complications we walked into 2019 with I still kind of, you know, feel better. Actually, I'm sitting here with my Christmas tree up and lit and all my... Wow. You know, well, because when I left, I, you know, didn't come back for two and a half weeks, so I just got back. And I'm sitting here right. looking at this going. I had to light it all up and just sit here. I'm at because I'm like, I'm not taking it down till next week. Nice. So, yeah. I know everybody's sort of done... It's funny, though. I have seen a lot of people with their Christmas lights still out and, you know, lit and stuff. So I think people are trying to keep that that energy in their lives mm-hmm. right at the moment.
1: So, hmm
2: So how have you been since we last saw each other back before
1: Christmas? Yeah. Well, I had a little rough go at the end of the year there. I got really sick. Yeah, you know, I just kept telling my, because I always do. Like I, I fully recognize one of my, even though I don't do New Year's resolutions, one of my resolutions this year is to uh, boost my immune system, because I get sick probably two or three times a year where I get knocked down, and I'm useless for three to five days, and because I'm very busy and I have a very full schedule. That puts me behind two or three weeks. I have to reschedule reading appointments. I have to disappoint people. I have to reschedule my staff. It's just a total pain in the butt. And I knew that was going to happen because I get so stressed and overly busy during the end of the year. But it happened Mm -hmm. earlier than I would have liked. And uh, basically from winter solstice on the 21st until the day after Christmas, I uh, I was useless. I was totally sick the busiest weekend of the year for my for milk and honey. I wasn't able to be there. Thankfully my staff and my all the employees and my partner totally took care of everything. But it was it wasn't just frustrating because it was busy and I and I wanted to be there, but it's fun. <laughs> it's like that's all yeah. of the hustle and bustle and the holiday spirit and helping people pick out gifts. It's so fun and I missed all of that. So it's been a little bit rough. Um uh-huh. And I'm still, I'm I'm still have a little bit lingering, you know, yuck happening, Uh Uh but uh, it's also taking me like, what day are we on the 11th? So it's been like two weeks of me also just trying to get my energy back. I'm just not my full bright and shiny self. So, you know, besides that, it's all great, but that was kind of a, that was a rough ending to the year and um, I'm focusing on. Being a stronger immune system and not letting my stress level get to the point where I'm worn down and pick up all the stupid bugs that come into my life. <laughs> right? Did you didn't?
2: So you didn't get to the um, gem and bead show then?
1: Oh no, I did. I oh. <laughs> I did. I went. I went to the gem fair. I know I, I everything that I could do, I did do. So the like <laughs> okay. the fact that I was not working in the shop on Christmas Eve should show, like that alone should tell you how sick I was that I could not yeah. go. To, and and honestly, Glenn, my my partner, my, my my spouse and business partner, there's no way he would have let me be in the store because <laughs> <that day. laughs> I was a I was a disaster. Uh, uh I don't think customers would have wanted to interact with me. <laughs> <laughs> it would yeah. have been like
2: having the plague, and they would run the other direction, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: exactly, yeah.
2: yeah, I remember being sick and because I did the same thing when we had our store, and it was it just happened to be at Christmas time too, so I guess it, yeah. was, it is a time thereof, but wow, I am and like everything else, you know. Endings of years and beginnings are really fascinating in terms of, I know we have our spiritual practice ending of year mm-hmm. and beginning, but the, the um, business and sec, you know secular kind of point of reference puts a lot of stress on everybody, not just because of the holidays, but because of what it represents in terms right. of our lives. So you know, I was, you know, I'm sad that you got sick, but I'm glad that, I, you know, that you, you stayed home and, and tried to normally do. I'll tough it out. I'll go there. I'll do this.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So well, now we're back.
2: Yes, we are. We're back and live and live on air. So all plus. Yeah. Not that I don't enjoy flying, actually I do. Um, And now that I'm flying, it direct for uh, where I go, Uh, it's Mm -hmm. very nice. I just kind of get in and I honker down, and you know it's going to be three and a half, three quarters three to three quarters of an hour, you know, hours there and all. I just sort of found it fascinating. I I pre-recorded, downloaded from Netflix. I'm into NCIS, so I was you know, watching NCIS episodes, you know, like binging on them that I had gone and then eventually, you know, falling asleep.
1: (laughs) Nice.
2: So, yeah, it was kind of nice. And, it's you know, it's a small plane. So we did have turbulence, but it wasn't going and coming. But I did find out one thing, which thanks to the President of the United States,
1: Mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad
2: that I flew home at the very beginning of the Shut down because right. from what I heard and have been hearing is that you have air traffic controllers working for vouchers. You know, no money; right. they don't get anything. And then the TSA people who, <clears throat> you know, ever since we went through putting, T, you know, TSA check stuff, it's been annoying. And you know, I you long for the old days when you could walk right up to the gate you know and there you are you don't have to run through anything and take shoes off or do whatever you have to do but um, they're also in the process of of either not doing it or coming close to um, not you know being upset and and participating in you know well if you're not paying us we walk away Um, Right. so it, it and then I found out that funny that a young woman that I met in the line checking my baggage in at the smaller airport to come to San Francisco when she we were picking it up at the carousel. She says, you know, we were really lucky because they canceled all the remaining flights out of Fayetteville because of the weather that was starting to come in. And I'm like, oh, God, oh. thank So, yeah, because they were going to have a major snowstorm. So Right. Um, I was kind of like, oh, well, all right. So, you
1: had good timing.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a Thank you very much for that lovely thing. But visiting family mm-hmm. was really gorgeous and wonderful. And, um, you know, it's it's the area of being around for your daughters going crazy over trying to get Christmas together mm-hmm. when you remember the process, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah. I'm not facetious. It's just I really had a problem <laughs> with, you know, I wanted to start doing things, and I had to back off because it was her Christmas, so I needed to let her decide how she was going to you know muddle through the process but um,
1: right <laughs> and,
2: was, and the funny part was is that it was cold and it did rain, but unfortunately um there was no snow and of course i was I had everything ready for you know like cold, cold weather. It got so warm that on the Saturday before I left, people were walking and I'm warm. You've got to understand warm is sixty four degrees
1: with still mm-hmm.
2: but they're running around in flip flop shorts and short sleeve shirts.
1: <laughs> and I'm right. still warm is know, relative
2: clear. depending on what you're used to. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I was just like going, Oh my god, no you know, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> um it was it was um it was nice. It was really fun. And I got to drive a huge SUV again. So I fun. felt like I was a big trucker, you know, instead of my smaller compact car that I drive here. And uh, listened to them complain that they were starting, they were having to pay uh, almost $2 a gallon for, you know, regular gas. And I started laughing maniacally because... <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like, <laughs> it's like half not. of what we pay.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And... um. Yeah, so there we are. That was my
1: Fun. my
2: Christmas. But anyway, um, you want to dig right in? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So books of will, shadows. Books of
1: shadows. Yeah. Or
2: other fancy words for it.
1: <laughs> right. Grimoires. <laughs> yeah. Magical journals. B O S. Yeah, for a minute, uh, when I was younger and I would read Book of Shadow abbreviated as BOS, it actually took me a really long time to realize what BOS was as an abbreviation. I thought I was just missing something, like, oh, it's Uh some other magical tool, like not that it was a Book of Shadows. So Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: hopefully that revelation helps somebody.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Truly, truly, because obviously we're, we're sitting here going, and, and you know, the funny part is, is when we started as this topic, I was thinking, oh, my God, you know, what are we, you know, got to go in and plow in. And then I realized, that, you know, for me, I guess I don't do a Book of Shadows. Oh, really? <laughs> I Well, and it's funny because I don't. I start yeah. them. It's like journals. I mm-hmm. start them and then I don't finish them or I don't follow through on them. And I find that if I can, you know, I may start looking at more digital for a reason. I If I mm-hmm. can talk it and get it out there, then I can, it's like it comes through and I don't have to spend time writing. And I guess with all that's going on in my life, I find that it it's difficult um, to be that um, slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the Sure. Word. Yeah, sure. so, but anyway, so that that's my one downside of what Book of Shadows means to me as far as personal, mm-hmm. but as an actual, you know, tool. I mean, it's kind of awesome, and, you know, I thought that what we could do is kind of define what Book of Shadows mm-hmm. is, what Grimoire is, and what Diary and Journal mean, because they're all about writing down things. Right, right. So... Why don't you hit the Book of Shadows and Grimoire, and I'll I'll do the other two. They're kind of easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess in my mind, I think a Grimoire and a Book of Shadows is like the same thing. But mm-hmm. in, and even in saying that, it's not the same thing. You know, a Grimoire is a collection of spells and a Mm -hmm. book of shadows is a little bit larger, I think. A book of shadows can, I think all of the things you just named, a a journal, a diary, a grimoire, I think a book of shadows can be all of those things, Mm -hmm. Uh, but -hmm. it's a place to write down your magical shit, you know, What, Mm -hmm. what spells you perform, what rituals you do, thoughts, interesting things that happened, dreams, you name it, it can all go, potentially, it can all go into a book of shadows, and uh-huh. And, you know, we could talk about how you organize or what you do, and, and maybe we'll get to that, but uh-huh. it's very personal. Um, uh-huh. You know, I think that there may be people who have very specific ideas on what a book of shadows could or should be, but it's uh-huh. super personal. Um, my book of shadows, and, and I have um, journals and diaries and things like that that have, have been like my working Book of Shadows, maybe. But Uh I have a three-ring binder that I've used since I was 15. And it has so many notes and random scraps and exercises that I did and spells that I did. And what I find most interesting now, you know, 25 years later, is to go through and you can find patterns. Um, You can find – it's like a scientific journal, a book of mm-hmm. shadows or a grimoire, because you can say, okay, well, I tried to do a spell on this full moon and it didn't work, but I did the same spell on this other full moon and it did work. So is it, was it you or was it the, you used the right correspondence with the right full moon, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is so interesting is with the book of shadows, you can really let it be a scientific journal and find patterns, find flow, mm-hmm. find interesting tidbits, because, uh, you know, hindsight is 2020, And when you can look back on what you've done, it's a lot easier to see with perspective and see those patterns than it is when you're in the middle of it. Um, hmm. So, you know, a book of shadows, grimoire, a book of spells, a book of spiritual development, right. a book of ritual. Yeah.
2: A book of ritual. Yeah, because yeah. when, you know, when I, you know, obviously the traditional. Uh, way that people describe Book of Shadows is because after being an oral tradition and then the uh, witch hunts, the inquisitions, and things, they began to, you know, it became written down in one way for other, because people lost touch with each other, but then it was it was written in the shadows, so, you know, it became right. sort of synonymous, so obviously that's what, that is grimoire. I actually found out there was, you know, because I have a couple of ceremonial magical books, and they have their they use the term grimoire, which is, of course French, but yeah. it was considered for ceremonial magicians for basically the magical workings for invoking you know demons and spirits and the spirits of the dead, and you know very very ceremonial, very tight with you know what you say and how you call it and everything not yeah. So it was structured, very structured. At least that's how it started out as, obviously, it has evolved as we have used that term for other ways to do exactly what we've been talking about, write down, you know, the things of what we have been experiencing or how to, you know, cast a circle for
1: Mm -hmm. health or
2: whatever and that kind of a thing. So I found that kind of like, whoa, okay, because the ones they took, the grimoire was the, the lesser and greater key of Solomon is the one and right. um Abramel um Abramel Abramelin. Melon. Yep. Melon. Yep. Um yep. and those were the that that's because it came and I thought I think it became more Christian and Judaic because mm-hmm. of the those associations that they use the 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 um the names of the angels and archangels and you know all of those that they got into so i can see where that evolved into that it began as that now i think it's just nice to call our book of shadows a grimoire or whatever we want yeah. to yeah. <laughs> so, yeah
1: and we can call it whatever we want to
2: right so you know yeah. and i mean obviously and it's funny because Diary and journal are synonymous to each other, and yet, you know, they kind of, you know, it's like a daily record, private yep. um, musings, experiences, and observations. And if you take that from just a personal observations of what we do in our lives to the magical side, I mean, that's when you can work with it being, you know, labeled Book of Shadows or Grimoire.
1: Mm-hmm. Or, you know, yeah. You know, my blue stuff. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I think there's also personal book of shadows or grimoire, which is your experiences, the things mm-hmm. that you write down. And then there are traditional books of shadows where if you are uh, initiated into a specific lineage or tradition mm-hmm. or, or coven, you, there may be a book of shadows that you are given. And that right. contains all of the coven's rituals or that tradition's rituals. And back in the day, uh, you know, in my – I've talked about this very openly. In my in coven, uh, when I was initiated as a first degree, I was given a book of shadows, and that is considered oath-bound information. I, I am not uh, – I took an oath to not share that information, to not publish that information, and to not talk about it with anyone who was also not initiated, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my, my high priest is very organized, and actually gave me a fully printed, collated, <laughs> oh my god, binder full of of the Gardnerian lore of a first degree. Right. But back right. in the day. Right. When you were initiated, you were expected to handwrite the book of shadows of your coven or of the tradition into your own book of shadows. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we get these books of shadows over time that are sl- slightly different. They've been altered. There's spelling mistakes, there's typos, there's all kinds of weird information. And if you go back, uh, one of my, my high priest is actually very um, into lore and history of witchcraft and, and Wicca. Um, and he has some really old books of shadows from, um, you know, like a copy of Gardner's original book of shadows or Gardner's original book of shadows and a few other um, practitioners from decades ago. And mm-hmm. you can see where there were mistakes or things left out or things added in, which right. wasn't technically supposed to happen, but it did, you know? And it, what's, what I find interesting is if we witches and pagans did that with a book of shadows, imagine what other like famous historical records or uh, war reenactments or whatever that mm-hmm. we take as 100% truth that have slowly been altered over time and rewriting. Okay. I mean, the Bible itself, right? So, Right. Um, it's really interesting. I like that kind of historical crap. Well, yeah, because what it shows is that
2: it's evolving, you know, and I right. understand that everything, you know, we didn't have printers and, you know, laser copies yep. that we could sit one thing in and copy it and it would be exactly the duplicate of what you had whatever that right. was, and those things now can be more regimented and more identical, but back there it was a constantly changing, just as you say, constantly changing, mm-hmm. and okay. even now I personally think that people change it. Well, do we want to go into People listen to things that are said. They take it mm-hmm. for what it is. They start talking about it. Then it becomes gospel, so to speak. It becomes the right. thing that is the truth. And then everybody right. runs around acting out on that. So
1: mm-hmm. it's
2: the same thing in terms of that, but that you put it into magic and you put it into things. And sometimes it becomes better. Sometimes not. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and that's – we've. I think we've said this probably every show we've done – you know, witchcraft and paganism, modern witchcraft and paganism, is evolving. Uh, and it has to. It has to continue to evolve and move and change with the times. Otherwise, it will die. Uh, and so, you know, practices that were once totally commonplace have been replaced by other practices that are more effective or more in, inclusive or all-encompassing. And, and that's important.
2: Mm-hmm. And as we know, if you are looking... You know, just as a, a practical point of reference, this spell takes us to do this.
1: Well, mm-hmm. what happens
2: if that plant is now extinct? Yeah. Because of, should we say, climate warming or massive, you know, uh, structures of uh, buildings that have wiped out the whole fields and, you know, it doesn't yeah. exist anymore. You can no longer use that item for that spell. So you have to come up with something else.
1: Right. Right. And that's not a far-fetched idea, you know, sandalwood, very common in magical books, very common in spells and incense. Mm -hmm. Sandalwood is an endangered species. And what most people when if you buy sandalwood incense or sandalwood chips or whatever, it's not the real sandalwood that would have been written about 50 or a hundred years ago. You know, mm-hmm. so what What Elvira just said, like, that's not fantasy. That's, like, already happening, you know? Right.
2: Right. And and it's also because I happened, you know, like you, you, you are part of a retail store. You own one. You, you buy. Product. Right. And so when you're looking for the real thing and you're going <laughs> to say maybe you do find it, it's not going to, it's going to be like $100 or you can sell it to someone because it's the real thing and it's scarce. So, you you know, price point is is another issue in terms of our world as well. So there's all these things that go into why things change. And as they change, they get written down because we want it to be recorded and we want to be able to go back. It's like recipes. It's like a recipe book. My mother has a little a three ring binder, actually, of a little <laughs> recipe book of all her written, you know, of what she did in her recipes and the things that were the best way to make that wonderful monogote or whatever it was she was doing. And the same thing is true with this it's, yeah. you know, what it is. And then what you saw and what you felt. And the personal part of it is putting that in because. Somebody comes along and they go, well, sh- this is how it it gets done, but that person felt it because they were clairsentient. They were not clairvoyant. So, you know, it also okay. changes how you Absolutely. write it down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: So,
2: yeah, so that kind of, it, and, you know, we can and probably will talk about, you know, how... You can actually, you know, what the, the some of the structure is because, as you said, the gardenerian. It's funny you talked about that because <laughs> um, I was reading the um, witches' bible, which is the uh, Farrar book, mm-hmm. uh, book, yeah. and of course they basically have, without being really blatant, the um, some of the different things that are, are put into it, like, you know, intent and things like that. They have different sort of subject matters they've kind of put mm-hmm. in, not the actual. And I was sitting there when you were talking about it, and I was seeing the piece of paper that I wrote those down, and I was kind of chuckling under my breath here. Yeah. So it was made, it was, I think things were made public, but not completely. So it's, you know, it's kind of sketchy. So the right. is still there.
1: Oh, yeah yeah and secrecy is important you know that's one of the the points of power in witchcraft is to keep silent and and keep things secret and with spell work keeping that under wraps the um the the fewer people that know like hey i did this crazy magical thing the more powerful that thing's going to be and that is where a book of shadows can become almost like your magical ally it's a place where you can divulge all the things a place where you can record all of the things uh, where you don't have to worry about weakening or uh, diffusing the energy of a spell or a ritual because no one is going to see it necessarily unless you, you choose to let someone look at it. But it's just a conversation between you and those pages, right. a place to right. hold all of that information. And that is, for me, at least, I find it effective because one of the hardest parts about doing spell work is you do it and then you have to let it go. You can't keep... Mm-hmm. You can't keep opening the pot to see if it's boiling, right? You have to have (laughs) faith and trust that the work that you've done will be effective. So for me, doing the working and then writing about it and writing about my feelings, about how it went or what I might do differently or whatever, just Mm -hmm. getting it all out helps Mm -hmm. me release it so I don't have to keep poking at it or picking at it or looking at it. I can let it go. So for me, it's like the final step in a magical working.
2: Right, right. And it's funny because when you talk to clients a lot, it's always that part of the letting go. You know. Oh yeah, it's not easy.
1: To,
2: <laughs> no, it is not easy, and you know nobody. It's part of just that thing, so you, this becomes a, a defined way to release it, because it becomes on the paper and it thus is released. Even if you reread it, it's still released because of the action of writing it and putting it down there.
1: Right.
2: So, um, yeah, okay. So basically, um, and even, you know, I was reading the book of of Strega, they actually, the same thing. They tended to Mm -hmm. go more, even though they call it a book of shadows, they tend to go more with the the grimoire process. um, Right. You know, the different things that were very, like Keys of Solomon, that was a big thing that they, they patterned it after, so. Yeah, I found that interesting, and um, some of them were even written in the secret alphabet, <laughs> which would have been really right. hard in some ways for me to think of that because you know our alphabet is so commonplace for us. But a secret alphabet is usually something that is for that particular uh, tradition, and they you know there are many of them out there uh, yeah. to r- literally write your
1: formulas in. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part of it is using magical uh, uh, alphabets or symbols or even magical inks, right, and writing in your Book of Shadows with very specific things. um, You know, that is another part of of keeping things secret so that if someone Mm -hmm. did steal your Book of Shadows or uh, go through your Book of Shadows, they wouldn't necessarily know what it said because it would be written in code, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. One of the yeah. one of the books that I read through this week to do some research for the show was, <clears throat> excuse me, Jason Mankey's book, The Witch's Book of Shadows, which I think came mm-hmm. out last year. And I like Jason Mankey's writing because he is a history geek, and so he really does talk about where some of these things originated from. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: But one of the things he shares in his book is in his books of shadows, he's written um a curse so that if anyone does steal or sneak a peek at what's written in his book of shadows they will be bringing that up upon themselves and it's um it's using a radia and some of the language from the gospel of radia mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me, but I really like that. I really like the idea of drawing a symbol or writing out a poem or something that the unsuspecting person may not recognize for what it is, but it is actually a little bit of a sting, you know, a prick of the thorn when you try to steal the rose off the rose bush. Right. Uh, yeah. uh, so any, if you are interested in such things, I would give it a shot, but also I just to plug Jason's book, it's really good. It, it provides a lot of information about Books of Shadows and different ways to do it and have one, and some of the things we're going to probably talk about tonight because some of it's obvious, but to have it all in one place is really cool and helpful.
2: Right, right. Another one um, that I actually uh, took into account, as I say, there are a lot of different books that I have that, you know, are ones from my sources, so they always have little pieces of you know the book itself, and yeah. you know, it's a little here and a little there, that kind of a thing. So but was actually and you have it in your store is the Grimoire for the Green Witch by Anne I Hill. love that book. I really think that one has a lot in it and then if you take Menke's book, I think those two would be great primers for, you know, mm-hmm. how to pull it together and what you want to use and, you know, make
1: yours. Yeah. So. The reason I love the Green Witch, the Grimoire of the Green Witch is because Mm -hmm. almost a whole third, maybe even half of the book, is filled with correspondences. So it's really easy to just go, okay, I want to do this kind of spell for this kind of impact, and here's the month I'm in and the time frame I have to work with. And Mm -hmm. just laid out really easy are all these correspondences that you can pick and choose from to have your spell work be super effective. Like if I was going to – If I could photocopy, I probably could, but I wouldn't. If I could photocopy those pages and put them in my book of shadows, you know, like that's that's what I would want to have in my personal book of shadows. But I have that book, so I just use the book when I need to look something up.
2: (laughs) And you know, it's interesting because even Aleister Crowley, who we'll mention, you know, like passing, his correspondences are fascinating and really in depth. Even if you're not working. With the OTO and the, the the belief systems and the whole process, I mean, the correspondences are, the tables of correspondences are really, I think, part of what a Book of Shadows is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And more than just generic correspondences where mm-hmm. some of these published in popular books you know they have generic correspondences what your personal book of shadows will give you is your personal correspondences mm-hmm. everyone on the planet might do money spells during a taurus full moon but that might not be the most effective time for you mm-hmm. you might discover that doing it during the full moon of capricorn is better or whatever i'm just making crap up right, right now but you yeah. know it's a <laughs> it's a guidepost for how for your magic to be the most effective
2: Mhm, 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 and that's I think really why this is such a personal experience. So talking about it, giving people ideas, giving them books that they can go look at. But it would yeah. be like almost like saying what, how they put the the Coven uh, Book of Shadows is the big one, and then yeah. you take your personal one and you bring it with what is there, but then you add your personal. I think the books we're talking about are like the Coven Grimoire or Coven Book of Shadows because it's big and mm-hmm. you might not have a Gardnerian tradition that you're initiated in that you then get the Book of Shadows for, you know, that tradition. Um, so it is, you know, it. I think it works around so that you get one and then you make your own from what you're experiencing.
1: Right, absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah so you think we should take a break and do our... Yes.
1: Discussion? Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right okay. back.
2: Sounds good.
0: You're listening to The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lafay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
2: Ah, uh, there we are again.
1: We're back.
2: Yes, we are. Um, what was the show? Wasn't it Austin Powers? I'm back, and then he puts his little finger to his mouth or something. I. I see somebody using that term and doing something. Isn't it
1: Arnold Schwarzenegger?
2: <laughs> <He> oh <too laughs> like, mock. Well that true. I don't so. know. actually I
1: have to say <laughs> a side
2: note for the for the Arnold Schwarzenegger fans in our in our listening um audiences that I actually did watch Jingle All the Way all the way through this time this Christmas.
1: Wow
2: one and and I'm like, and what I think the the black comedian Sinbad was in it, and um, I'm sorry, I I can't get him into that kind of consciousness. I kind of look at him as, you know, other things. Terminator might be one of them, but just not into that. But anyway, sidebar to all of what we're doing.
1: A random Sinbad mention. Yes, this is just one of
2: those random moments there.
1: Yeah. That's, that's
2: cute. So, um, why don't we talk about maybe some of the structures that we could suggest, or that you know comes out of a general, not a specific, but a general um, idea for Book of Shadows?
1: Sure. Say more about that.
2: <laughs> I knew I got first Ha ha. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I, I look through all the different, as I say, the books and the, and the ideas, and a lot of what they tend to do is they have it into, like, um, big things, little things. So, for instance, mm-hmm. structure of um, how to, you know, what kind of rituals you're going to talk about, like structure of grounding and centering before you do your work and purifying and cleansing and then doing like a a skeletal structure of what a ritual is. You know, there you are, and put it out. And then they kind of tend to go with the um, other parts of it are what you would do, what rituals, for instance, the esbits and the Sabbaths. And then they get a little more flowery into that. And then they kind of go from that to, um, I think the The idea of taking it from that and then the recitation and some of the um this the the, the, the uh, terminology you would use in the ritual, like a general mm-hmm.
1: like you
0: know
2: the you know uh, the charge of the goddess or you know whatever it is that they say like you know you do this, you call the elementals you you know, you know that kind of thing, and then they talk about how they give you kind of like you can put in. Uh, a structure of that, so that you can make it more personal, and right. um, that was, you know, the that. And then the section that I found fascinating actually was the other side. I guess I get into the like, okay, that's all. That's really nice, and you structure it accordingly. But then you go into um, what you, you know, the different um, tarot divinations, herbal, herbal aspects oils, you know, baths, then spell crafting that you then take from that what you're going to do from, you know, how you're going to do a spell and then you get your correspondences um, and then they throw that in. So it's like section two and then that becomes, I think, where from the correspondence and everything, then you make it into your own personal one, you know, off mm-hmm. of that, you get into a personal. So does that, do you have anything yeah. to throw out on that?
1: Yeah, no I think that's great. I think um you know in my because again I use a binder, a three-ring binder. Um I do not have like dividers in my binder, but I've often thought about putting in dividers and either breaking things up into timelines, you know, like this is my BOS was organized, so this was all the shit I did between the ages of 15 and 20 when I didn't really uh-huh. know what I was doing, you know, and, uh-huh. or, or so on. But I think you could also organize, like what what my brain wants to do to organize or put things in order is to do uh-huh. exactly what you were saying, Elvira, to put the structure, like the generic structure at the front. So this is the generic structure of a ritual. This is the gen- generic structure of a ri- of a spell. This is the generic structure of whatever. And then... Behind that have okay, so this was the Salin ritual we did in two thousand seventeen, and here's how we expanded that generic structure, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone who's been a part of a public ritual planning group where every year we would plan the sabbats for for a large community gathering having like we didn't consider it a book of shadows but we absolutely had a grimoire of all of the past rituals and it's really effective when you're planning ritual both for yourself or for a large group or for a coven to be able to go back and see what you've done in the past and what rituals were really impactful and what rituals maybe weren't so great and how can you shift change borrow steal whatever those things mm-hmm. that you did in the past um so it's in the keeping. Um, and then it's also can be really effective if you do take on students or um, coveners or whatever, uh, if you sh- choose to share your Book of Shadows with them, that they can see those generic steps first and sort of get used to the generic flow of how your group creates a ritual or how your group sets up one of your processes. I think that's a really good and organized way to do it without getting overly organized, which I could easily do. Right, well,
2: you know, which we all, well, some of us get really into it, and then, then, but I think it's a way to give you a framework and then move forward from that framework to what you've done or what you're doing and what has come out of that. And obviously, you know, uh, some people buy beautiful, you know, books, uh, that they make into Book of Shadows, or they there's a big thing about making your own, so it can be very personal. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it's kind of like the frontist page is, you know, this belongs to, or this was bestowed to, you know, it it, it gives the ownership of the of the actual Book of Shadows, and then you choose your, you know, again, we go to, Craft name, and we go to the the, uh, the working name, which is secret, and the craft name, which is open, and you know, you have certain levels of how you choose to have yourself known, and how right. the book is representing you in that process.
1: Yep, so, absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah. So the and pretty much, you know, I just found it fascinating that. Whatever the reason is <laughs> that the Book of Shadows gets made, whether it's for ceremonial magic or it's for, you know, earth, more earthy, you know, green witch kind of things, it, it, um, it all talks about your intent as important, not just your words or the, the right. tools or everything. And I think that is, um, I have heard it downplayed a lot. And I find that that is, I don't want to say inappropriate, but I think it lessens the fact that you then have to stay with, well, I have to have this tool and I have to have this stone Mm -hmm. and I have to have all of that. And that's what makes it really work. And I know that all those are components, but the one thing that makes everything go is you, your intent and you. And
1: that you
2: know, coming back whether it's because you have a client that you're trying to talk and help with and, and do that or you're doing it ritualistically and ceremonially and, you know, spell work for yourself or others or as you say, public, you know, kind yep. of thing. Um it's very important. It's it's I think it's like putting the gasoline in the engine. It makes it go. You know. Or plugging it into the electricity for it to go if we're doing a hybrid. Right. Politically yeah. correct there.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, but that's my take on on some of the things and what it would, you know, what would make a book of shadows and what um you know, it's, as you say, dreams you have and mm-hmm. uh, symbols that come up for you and you know, sometimes something, you know, becomes really a <laughs> To say obsessive, it means it makes itself known really heavily, and right. you, you put it down, and then you you start pondering it because, like all of us, we we when we put it in words, we begin to think of it in a in a different way than when it runs around in your head.
1: Right.
2: So, but anything else that you want to throw out here? Since
1: I feel like I've been doing a lot of talking. Um, you know, I was gonna add in just you know as we get closer to the end of our our conversation this evening, um, the idea of a um, electronic book of shadows mm-hmm. and i have I definitely think that this is more popular with the young folks. Um, mm-hmm. I know several people who use exclusively electronic book of shadows or an online book of shadows or whatever. And, um, and I am not against that. I think it can be um, really easy. You know, most people uh, are on computers <laughs> in some yep. way, shape or form and, and opening up a document and writing your things down or typing your things down in a document is a lot easier than pulling out your journal and finding a pen and, you know, taking the time yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, by hand, you know. Right. But I right. would still and and so do that if that's what works for you, but I would still encourage the attempt of a handwritten journal or book of shadows or grimoire. Uh, there is something magical about the process of writing something down. Um right. and there's all kinds of scientific studies about writing things and how your our brains work and the amount that you can retain when you write something down by hand rather than type it out on a computer so Mm -hmm. definitely use the system that works for you i'm I'm not attempting to slam using an electronic book of shadows i think that's great but i would still encourage an attempt at a handwritten um Mm -hmm. tracker there is, there is magic in some of the old school, old ways of doing things, and that's one of the places where I feel I'm kind of connected and impassioned about it. You know, there's a woman, actually, her name is Thorn Mooney, and mm-hmm. she wrote a book that came out, I think it came out this last year, called Traditional Wicca. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great book, but what is fascinating about Thorn Mooney is she wrote her book by hand. And oh, she wow. um, she keeps journals and journals and books of shadows and grimoires and she does everything by hand and she's a pen aficionado because she's so into writing by hand that she knows what pens are really good and blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> but she, you know, I follow. I, I I've met her in person. She's a lovely human being, and I follow uh-huh. her on Instagram. And seeing her notes written out in by hand feels magical. Just right. the aesthetics of it is so beautiful, and my handwriting is terrible, but I still write things out and, and there is something about the feel of that um, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the kinetic energy behind it that is really powerful, so um, you know, try that, see what you think
2: yeah yeah, well, and you know the funny part is is that uh, i any notes I take and your handwriting is bad. Mine is pathetically horrid. It's, if anyone tried to read my notes, or if I think people ask me, can you transcribe that for me to understand? It's like no, it's not going to be. It's it's got a foreign language already built into it. But by doing that, it sets up the neurological pathways in mm-hmm. the brain to make it more more impacted. And I understand that, you know, doing computers is a different, you know, it's quick and, it, and you can remember it and all that stuff. But for me, it's that, just like you say, it's that actual writing it out. And uh, yeah. so doing a journal is and doing a, a, a grimoire or book of shadows is, I think, very, um, again, it, it will produce a different kind of um, structure. That you're putting yeah. in your life, and your And I know I used to do that when I started out. I was writing notes, and yes, I, I actually do have a three ring binder uh, book of shadows that um, has everything in it from you know earlier times. But it was it was that's what I did. I took notes, copious notes, and put them in there, and you know, all of that. So um, it does it does retain to the point of making it cellular for you, and then yeah. From there. And most of us Absolutely. at a certain age and a certain time in our lives when we are working not just with ourselves but with others, whether it's public rituals or clients or it's you know, covens or whatever, um it becomes we become the walking book of shadows because it suddenly right. filters out and moves forward. So
1: that's yeah. Um, yeah a um statement. the other thing too. Now I'm looking at my notes. There was one other point I wanted to talk about, and that was um, having scripts. Um, ma- many traditions use scripts and specific words and phrasing during ritual. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I work in a tradition that uses scripts and I work in a tradition or practice in a tradition that is completely off the cuff. So I have a wide you know and everything in between. I have a wide range of experience with both of these styles and, you know, mm-hmm. uh what blah blah blah. So, <laughs> um one of the things about a book of shadows is, is that this is a place where you can keep the liturgy, where you can keep the scripts. Mm-hmm. Um The only thing is understanding when you use a script in Ritual, you have to somehow make it easy and accessible. So if you have all these papers in your Book of Shadows and you're trying to find the one page and you want to make sure you say this one phrase exactly how it was written and you can't find it, like there's a way you have to organize your Book of Shadows if you're using it to keep track of the scripts of Ritual. Uh, you don't want that part of your ritual to be clunky or messy because you can't find the the, how, the invoking air phrase, you know. Um, and I highly encourage people to memorize rituals if they are going to use the same liturgy, but I get mm-hmm. that's hard. I can't memorize things for shit. That's why I prefer to, use, to do <laughs> things off the cuff like we do in reclaiming. Um mm-hmm. But a script is a good idea. It's The scripts are there for a reason. Just let your Book of Shadows be your friend in right. keeping track of scripts and not end up being the the papers that fall all over the floor and the disorganization and the blah, blah, blah that could sidetrack a ritual. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, And, you know, having worked in theater and having, you know, the memorization, it... Uh, I think that's why I don't do ceremonial magic, really, as per se, yeah. right? having it all, because what happens is is that I know the phrases, and I know what what's there, but then it's almost, it becomes, like you say, off the cuff. It becomes important for me to flow with what's going on, so when I start to do rituals and I call in different deities or the elements, uh, it each time is separate. It has a similar structure, and... If I find that maybe there's something really particular that I liked out of it, I might note it, you know, down. But right. um, that whole process is because I've been doing this for so long. And, you know, it has, it's, but again, it's, it's, books, of, books of shadows are important. I think I like the idea for the correspondences. I think those are absolutely superb because, you know, it's, it's what we need and the more we can put it in one place, the better we are when we're doing, you know, the things that we're trying to do, whatever that is, spell work or otherwise. So, yeah,
1: you
2: know, I'm a big thing for correspondence tables.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're fun.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, but
2: So is there anything we want to do before we wrap up since we're coming to the end of our time pretty quick?
1: You know, I feel pretty good. I think we've we've talked about a lot of books of shadows,
2: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of books and a lot of shadows and a lot of books. Yeah, of yeah. It's it's yeah. funny because, um, you know, when I thought of when we discussed this as being you know the topic we wanted, I wasn't quite sure what I was you know what it was going to mean to me. You know, because as I say, right. I do not do as much pen to paper. Uh, writing down in a book of shadows or a grimoire, but I do realize that for all of the ones that I did start, if I took all of them together, which I still have them all, you know, they're all in my box, um, I do use them. I don't necessarily go back and look at everything, but I know the ones that I want to have the information from, and that's uh, important. And I think, for me, it feels... That I am, part, you know, you're gonna love this one from Discovery of Witches being a palimpsest. Does that make mm-hmm. you know? You go back into that. It's where you become the book. You become right. it as much as you write it down, and it's yeah. not dramatic. It seems to be that's what happens as you go as you follow this path more and more. Is that yeah, absolutely and yes we get on the computer and check things out and run things through and and you have to skip yep. through them to feel whether or not that's the right thing for you it may not be it's, Absolutely. you know, if say it's wrong is inappropriate it's may it's not it is it may not be right for you as what you're feeling and wanting yeah so, yep but um, anyway so um, what we have coming up in the next is a
1: surprise month,
2: It's a surprise, Yeah, I think we'll definitely
1: have an Ask a Witch show, though, in the next few weeks. So we we continuously get questions and um, thoughts from folks. So thank you, people who have been writing to us. And please continue in the next, uh, you know, probably early February, I'm guessing, we'll do another Ask a Witch segment. So please send us your questions. Um, if you want us to do a little reading on a situation, if there is something you want to hear us babble about, if there's a show topic you want to suggest, all of these things are greatly appreciated. And just go to our website, which is witchpriestesscauldron.com, and there's a page where you can fill out a, a little um, question section, and it comes right to us for the radio show. So please do that.
2: Please, please, and. How, this has been a auspicious You know, it's interesting Think of it as the Book of Shadows For mm-hmm. the topic of the new year And it's yeah. about, you know Moving forward but writing down the things That you have learned are not are, are good And things that aren't good And moving forward on that And I, I like Absolutely. that yeah. Yeah. So, And that kind of brings us to our, our
1: to Yeah, I'll do it
2: <laughs> Yeah yeah. So we will see you back next week with our surprise yep. topic. <laughs> yep. And um well, have a very good and safe week out there.
1: Yes. Thanks for listening.
2: Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.